0: are locked on bears your daily chicago bears podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Happy Friday, Bears fans. I am Brian Perez, and this is Locked Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Sports Podcast Network, where you can find a show on your favorite NFL or NBA team every day of the week. Head over to iTunes or Audio Boom, find the show that's right for you, subscribe to it, share it on Facebook, tweet about it, do whatever it is you can to help spread the word. And do the same for this show, Locked Bears, where we love the back and forth guys on Twitter, on Facebook. The social media experience is awesome, especially when we get a chance to debate the Chicago Bears. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian NFL. That's Brian with a Y. And you can check out all my Bears work every single day on USA Today's BearsWire.com where I have the privilege of serving as that site's managing editor. Our producer, Lauren Cox can be followed on Twitter at Cox sports one. You can check out his work at bearswire.com as well. And he's also doing a new project bears hour live with one of the Twitter fan favorites, draft Dr. Phil, otherwise known as Philatotion. He used to do some work for us over at bearswire.com. And now the two of them have paired up to do some great film work. They just put a great piece together about Jimmy Garoppolo. I strongly suggest you check that out. And they have a live bear show every Sunday, and since we're not on the air on Sundays, guys, I strongly recommend you check that out to supplement this show and to get your fix, a live show. You can call in and talk to those guys, and it's really worth your time. But what we're going to do today, guys, is we're going to talk about a couple things. I have three things on my mind that I really wanted to address with all of you. Hit me up on Twitter after you listen to this episode. Let me know what some of your thoughts are. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about Jay Cutler. We're going to talk about a guy who could be one of his one of the, one of the contenders to replace him, Patrick Mahomes from Texas Tech and a free agent crush that I'm starting to develop, and a guy that I would love to see Ryan Pace pursue and possibly sign in this free agent market. Let's start, of course, guys, with the the lightning rod, the the storyline, the headliner for this offseason, and that's Jay Cutler. We know a couple days ago, Ryan Pace officially put him on the trade market. While it may have been something in the works since January, we now know it hit Twitter, it hit social media, it caught fire. Jay Cutler is officially available for trade. Whether or not any team's going to actually trade for Cutler is yet to be seen. It looks like the narrative is starting to take shape that nobody's going to offer a pick for him, especially after the news came out yesterday that he is uh, contemplating possibly retiring from the NFL if he doesn't have a situation that fits his interests, if he doesn't go to a team where he's going to be an obvious starter with an obvious chance to compete for the playoffs in. Look, this is just a fitting end, I guess, to the Jay Cutler era, right guys? He's in a situation now where if he starts letting his displeasure with the potential of being traded get out there in the public, the Bears are going to come up short once again with a Jay Cutler-related situation where what team is going gonna, is gonna to actually invest a draft pick or a future asset for a guy that may not have the heart anymore? He may not. His head may not be in the game. His heart may not be in the game. If you're not willing to compete, even with a team that that might be hovering around playoff caliber. That might not necessarily be ready to win a Super Bowl right now. Are you a quarterback that a team's really going to feel confident in? Can take him to the promised land? Are you a guy that a team's going to feel confident in that you'll be mentally and physically and and just just invested in the program for 16 games, no matter what the outcome is, on a weekly basis? If he's already you know flirting with the idea of retiring if he doesn't get the situation that's right for him, a team's going to be very very hesitant to take that chance and roll the dice on him, even if it's a 5th, 6th, or 7th round pick? Why are they going to do that for a guy who may already be thinking about life after football rather than helping another team win a Super Bowl? So I think this is where we're at now with Jay Cutler. He, he's a player who uh, we talked about at nauseum on our last show when Lauren and I went back and forth on, on the merits of Jay Cutler and, and what he has meant to the Chicago Bears and what his value is on the trade market or even as a, as a potential free agent if the Bears just cut ties with him. This is just another example of of where we're at with with Jay. If he's not willing to just play football, to just suit up for another team, let's say it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, for example. There's some people that are starting to speculate that Jacksonville would be a great fit for him. Blake Bortles would be the incumbent starter going into next year, but if he continues to regress the way we saw in 2016, the Jaguars have an up-and-coming defense. They have a lot of talent at the skill position. They might be a Jay Cutler away from really making a deep playoff run, but if that kind of scenario isn't something Jay Cutler would wanna play, w- would wanna enter, where you gotta start the year as a backup, maybe wait until midseason before your number is called, not be treated as that franchise guy, if his ego and his expectations of of what he is or what he thinks he is right now in the league is just beyond that, and he's not willing to accept that as his reality right now. Teams are going to shy away, guys. They're, they they would only potentially kick the tires on him, maybe if an, if, a, if an established starter gets hurt in training camp and a guy like Jay Cutler's on the market, and you can salvage an otherwise competitive season by bringing him in, in late, late during the preseason or early during the regular season. That might be what we end up seeing with Jay Cutler. Right? He might be a guy that is a late addition to a roster at the end of training camp, at the end of preseason, maybe into week two or three of the regular season when, when desperation really kicks in. We might be at that point where the only employer for Jay Cutler is going to be a desperate one and someone that looks because of injury or other emergent situations has to bring him in rather than by choice because of the player he is. But look, we could debate this all day long, right? You see it on Twitter. You see the experts really knocking Jay while he's down. And that's something I really don't appreciate. I don't like the fact that you know when when a player is potentially getting toward or at the end of the road in his career, at least at the level that he has been his reputation has has suggested he's been at up to this point, he's eleven years in the league. he was a first round pick ever since he took over the Broncos job and then came to Denver. He was always considered that guy on the cusp of being an elite player and now that we're seeing him potentially uh come to the final year you know maybe the final days of his n f l career, I just don't like when I see the the national media guys, some guys that think they're you know the hipster funny guys taking shots at him. When, you know, at 34 years old, a little banged up, maybe a little juices off his fastball, you know, now's the time when t- when people are going to obviously pile on for a guy that probably because of his facial expressions and the fact that he shrugged his shoulders one too many times as a starting quarterback, now they're going to take the the cheap shots and the low blows when they know that the opinion is somewhat insulated and protected because the best of Jay Cutler is probably behind him. I don't really like that. I think, I think that's that's classless. I don't think it's really something that any of us want to participate, and especially if you're a true Bears fan, you could be honest about Jay Cutler. You could say, look, he was a disappointment. He never really materialized into the quarterback we all thought he was going to be. But to kick a guy while he's down, and you could argue Jay Cutler's down right now. When you have your name thrown on a trade block and, and there's speculation that nobody's going to want you, That that's pretty much the definition of being down and out right now. And it's just not right to treat somebody like that, especially a player who has sacrificed his body for the last 11 years in the pro game. And for lack, whether you love him or not, he's given writers and analysts and the talking heads in the media you know, something to talk about for the, for the better part of a decade. So let's show this guy a little bit more respect than he's been getting right now. And you never know, he could end up having the last laugh if he ends up somewhere and he takes them deep into the playoffs. But right now, the retirement talk the fact that he might not have his heart might not be in it his head might not be in the right place he needs to have the perfect situation to want to keep playing you know let, let's give this guy some time let's give this guy some time to to kind of to get his head right to get himself back in the right state of mind to take on a new challenge a new city a new team and you know bears fans will wish him well bears fans will hope he succeeds obviously it'll sting a little bit if jay cutler goes elsewhere and ends up making a Super Bowl run or even winning a Super Bowl because that was our hope and dream from the day they traded for him back in 2009 that he would do that in Chicago but you know look we know the era is over the Cutler era is over we can critique him and in a healthy fashion in a healthy way but to kick the guy while he's down I just don't think that's right the real issue now for Bears fans, that what we should be focusing all of our attention on, is obviously who's going to replace him. And we talked a little bit the other day about power rankings for the likely starting quarterback. I'm going to be updating that post in the coming days because if you guys remember, I had Jay Cutler as the number two option to possibly start a game for the Bears on opening day next year. And that's obviously now uh, has become a moot point. He's just not, It's just not going to happen. So we'll be updating that post over on BearsWire.com in the coming days. But let's take a look at the NFL draft for a minute and go outside the top three guys of Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Kaiser and Deshaun Watson were pretty much all in agreement that one of those three guys that maybe all three of those guys will end up first-round picks, and one of those three could end up being the Bears pick at number three. You guys know my affection for Deshaun Watson, but whether it's Trubisky or Kaiser, one of those three are definitely potentially in play uh, for that first-round pick. But there's another name that's been cre- been creeping up the draft board in recent weeks, a guy that a lot of analysts are now suggesting is going to be a first-round pick or at the on the cusp of being a first-round pick, and that's Texas Tech's Patrick Mahomes. I'm not necessarily as high on Patrick Mahomes as some of the other draft analysts or or national media guys simply because when I look at a quarterback, you know, the, the fundamentals of quarterback play, which really start from the ground up. You know, you're going to focus on a, on a quarterback's ability to read defenses. You're going to focus on a quarterback's natural arm strength and accuracy. Th- those are the obvious stuff. That's the obvious stuff you could see on tape. But when you really study a quarterback and break down the, the uh, intricate parts of the quarterback position and what it's going to take for a player to be consistently successful in the NFL, feet are critically important. Foot placement, when you deliver the ball, your base... Uh, your weight distribution through your throw, using your hips, all that stuff is critically important for a quarterback to be able to make those those tight window throws in the league with that pinpoint accuracy uh, and that consistent delivery and that consistent release point. I don't know about you guys, but when I watch Patrick Mahomes on tape, it just drives me crazy. The guy is going to get a lot of love in the draft community largely because he makes wow throws. He makes throws from all different angles, from all different launching points, from all different release points. He throws across his body. His feet aren't set under him. He just makes you think, whoa, this guy, what an amazing arm talent he is. And there's absolutely, positively no denying that. He's an amazingly brilliant arm talent. However, in the NFL, if you are, an, if you are inconsistent with your mechanics, if you are a guy who is constantly relying on your arm strength, rather than the fundamentals of throwing a good ball, you're going to have a lot more interceptions in the pro game than you experienced on the college level. Now, look, Mahomes was extremely productive. He, he was in a pass-friendly offense. We all know that. He eclipsed 5,000 yards last year, 41 touchdowns, only 10 picks, almost 66% completion percentage, numbers that you would say are close, if not uh, worthy, to, to totally worthy of that first-round grade. He's got the size. He's a big physical guy. He can run with the ball. He scored 12 touchdowns on the ground last year. There's a lot to say that this kid looks the part, that Mahomes has the physical makeup and that rare arm strength, that rare arm talent to to hang your hat on as a potential franchise quarterback. But I'm just not there. You know, there's only so many guys that we have seen go through the league. Very rarely does a guy like Brett Favre come around. And Bears fans, we know better than anyone. The way Brett Favre played the quarterback position, how you would just lose your mind at how he was able to make, you know, complete balls, throw those gigantic, game-changing passes from almost impossible, under almost impossible circumstances. You know, defensive linemen draped all over him, leaping in the air midway through his passes. I mean, just things that is is almost one of a kind. And when you start describing a player like that, like a a one-of-a-kind type of talent, you know part of the reason why he was so beloved in the NFL Brett Favre that is is because he did it in such a non-traditional way it was just the backyard football you know that backyard football style the 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 playground quarterback mentality the gunslinger as they called him and that's great but you tell me guys how many Brett Favres were there before Brett Favre and how many Brett Favres have there been since Brett Favre not many maybe you can count on one hand if that So to assume that Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to have that same kind of success in the NFL that he had on the college level just because he has that fun style of play on tape, I think is a little ill-advised and misinformed. He's going to struggle. A lot of the wild plays you see him make for Texas Tech are going to be interceptions in the NFL. I mean, it's just going to happen. Cornerbacks are a lot quicker, a lot more athletic. They're going to close on passes a lot more efficiently than cornerbacks in college football. It's just going to be a whole different experience for him. As a second-round guy, as a third-round guy, I'd be okay with Patrick Mahomes. I'd have no problem with Mahomes sitting on the bench for a year or two, getting his mechanics pretty much rebuilt from the ground up, and then let this kid rip. Let it fly. Let it fly in year two or year three. Let that natural arm talent take over after a quarterback coach has had a chance to work with him for a little while. But to assume that he would come in as a potential first-round pick, look, some people are saying he could be a top-ten pick. Which means it's not out of the out of the question for the Bears to maybe slide back and target him as a, as their first round quarterback. To expect him to come in and suddenly be a starter day one with with the the flawed mechanics that he's entering the league with, I think would be silly. I think I think he's being set up for failure if he's a guy that's expected to start in year one. The Bears need a year one starter, especially if they're not going to bring a guy like Jay Cutler back. I mean, maybe Brian Hoyer or Matt Barkley, like we talked about the other day, comes in as that bridge, and maybe that works with a guy like Patrick Mahomes if you, if you get him in the second round. But if you have to spend a pick higher than the second round on Patrick Mahomes, I think it's a problem. I think it's a bad pick. I think he's not a guy that's going to be able to quickly transition to the NFL. And if you're a first-round pick, it's not the way it used to be, guys. The days of Aaron Rodgers sitting behind, once again, Brett Favre, the days of Aaron Rodgers sitting for three, four years and then finally coming into the league, coming into the starting lineup, after having a chance to refine his skills on the practice field, those days are over. I mean, that's why Jimmy Garoppolo is such a rare example right now, of another backup quarterback who's had that historic, that traditional opportunity to learn the pro game, to refine his skill set. For now, when he's you know for this point now, where he's ready to come in and potentially start, not even potentially start, he's going to start and he's going to be a very good starter. Because he's had the chance to, to refine his game to meet the pro standards. Patrick Mahomes, if he's a first-round pick, he's not going to have that chance. You know, I mean, what? There's not, that, there's not much about Patrick Mahomes' game that's different from Johnny Manziel. He's got the arm. He's got a much better arm than Johnny Manziel had. But he's not necessarily a, a traditional, fundamentally sound quarterback that you would want to see with a first-round investment. And Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Kaiser, Deshaun Watson, these guys are more fundamentally sound, in my opinion, than, uh, than Mahomes, and yes, you'd love to take Mahomes' right arm and transplant it onto any one of those other three guys, but being a quarter, being a successful quarterback in the NFL is not necessarily about having that rocket arm. You don't have to look any further than Drew Brees to understand how important fundamentals and consistency at the position is for success in the league. He's one of the best quarterbacks who's ever played the game, and no one would ar- No one would suggest that he has one of the strongest arms in the game. He's fundamentally sound. You watch Drew Brees, Drew Brees play quarterback, and every single pass looks the same. Every single rep looks the same, from his feet up to his shoulders. Every single throw looks the same, and the production that that results from that is obvious. So. I know there's a lot of you guys out there that like Mahomes. I know there's a lot of people out there that thinks Mahomes, that think Mahomes has the highest ceiling in the class. He's the most exciting quarterback in the class, and that's all fine and good. But you know, it's kind of like the siren song where you know you're wooed in by this this e- exciting and appealing trait, that gorgeous right arm. And then when he gets into your into your building and you start seeing him on the practice field, then those preseason games where he's relying on that throwing arm rather than what fundamentally makes a quarterback successful, you start seeing the problem. So I would say stay clear away from Patrick Mahomes until day two. If he's going to be a first-round pick, let somebody else take the chance on him. Maybe the kid has a great career in the league. Maybe he rebuilds his skill set to where he's a 10-year starter and a productive guy at that. But for my money... Stay away from him if the Bears are considering him as a possible replacement for Jay Cutler. It better be on day two with a veteran in place to start at least 2017, maybe even 2018, and then you can take the wheels off Patrick Mahomes and go from there. Now, the draft isn't the only thing that we got to focus on here, Bears fans, right? we got to also take a look at free agency. and And, and we're going to get away from the quarterback position now because... I mean, that's all we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks as this Jay Cutler situation plays out, seeing where he ends up, seeing if Jimmy Garoppolo, if that trade comes to fruition. If not, is Tyra Taylor, is Mike Glennon, maybe Kirk Cousins. There's some whispers that the 49ers might be looking to trade for for Kirk Cousins. Daniel Jeremiah on his podcast said there's a better than 50% chance that Kirk Cousins is the starting quarterback of the 49ers next year. Now, what does that mean? Are the 49ers willing to give up the house? Four Cousins in a trade scenario? Maybe. I don't know. But look, if Washington's talking to San Francisco about trading for uh, a trade for Kirk Cousins, then that means he's open for anybody to jump in that mix. And while I said the other day that I, I would not want that in Chicago, I would want Jimmy Garoppolo, if they're going to trade high-valued assets, let it be for Garoppolo over Cousins, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. So whether it's Glennon, Tyrod Taylor, Kirk Cousins, one of these other guys that is, that, that, that uh, comes in as a veteran, you know, Patrick Mahomes... Is still a good pick with any one of those guys on on the ball club. If if Patrick Mahomes is a second day guy, then no problem there. But if he comes in as a first rounder, forget it. Let's focus now on 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 free agency. Let's talk about the wide receivers. You know, Alshon Jeffrey, he's a guy that is the is the headliner in the class. The other day, Adam Schefter was on the Fanatic in Philadelphia, and he said that some executives are expecting Alshon Jeffrey to pull. Possibly $16 million a year. Now, to put that in perspective, that means Alshon Jeffrey would get paid more than Julio Jones. I don't know about you guys, but Alshon Jeffrey ain't Julio Jones, okay? He's a really good player, but he's not Julio Jones. So to pay him Julio Jones-like money, I think that's going to take another team that's willing to overpay for a guy like that. I don't think for Alshon Jeffrey, I don't think Ryan Pace would stay in that bidding war, which means he's going to have to find another option, another player to come in and, and, and uh, fill that role. And one guy I would propose is a perfect player to come into Chicago. He's an ascending young talent, to steal the words of Ted Phillips, is the Buffalo Bills' Robert Woods. Robert Woods is that guy folks. He's that guy. He's 24 years old. He's he's going to be, which, I mean, let's look. put it in perspective. He's 24. He's the same age as the Redskins first round pick from last year, Josh Doxson. Same age. Josh Doxson's considered a, a really nice young talent. was a first rounder last year, entering year two, player on the rise. Woods is the same age, guys. 24. He's got another seven, eight years of high-level production in the tank, and he's the kind of guy that if you can get him on the roster. You could book. You can count on him being a part of your passing attack for the next, you know, several years. Whatever contract he signs will probably be a four or five year deal this year. And he's the kind of player that, with a young quarterback, with Kevin White and Cam Meredith, Robert Woods could be that ultimate perfect, perfect fit to come into this offense. Now, Robert Woods isn't exactly a player who's blown the doors off the league with his production. I mean, last year he only had six hundred and thirteen yards and one touchdown. His best year came in 2014 with 699 yards, and to be quite honest, he hasn't eclipsed 1,000 yards receiving since his 2011 season at USC when he had a phenomenal 111-yard, 111-catch year for almost 1,300 yards. But he's always played second fiddle in Buffalo, and whether that's because you know the presence of Sammy Watkins and, and the and the concerted effort at making him that number one guy, uh, the, the up and down quarterback play that they had there up until Tyrod Taylor came to town. I think Robert Woods, from a pure receiver talent skill set, is a guy that once he gets out of Buffalo, I feel like it's just that change of scenery thing that he needs, once he gets out of Buffalo, I think you're looking at a perennial thousand yard guy. Now, here's the thing, just because he hasn't been productive doesn't mean he's not going to come at a heavy price. Look at the guys the last couple of years, those complimentary receivers who have hit the free agent market over the last couple of years, and I I pulled this from BillsWire.com, which is also part of the USA Today Sports Network. Billswire did a really nice piece on Robert Woods and they broke down some comparable players who hit free agency after having that complimentary role in an offense and the kind of contract they got. Let's take a look at the last couple of years. Golden Tate in 2014 was 25 years old when he hit the free agent market. He got a five-year, $31 million deal. Torrey Smith, 2015, he was 25 years old at the time, five-year, $40 million deal. Last year, three guys uh, that, that kind of fit that Robert Woods profile. Mohamed Sanu, 26 years old. He had a five-year, $32.5 million deal. Marvin Jones, 25 years old, five-year, $40 million deal. Travis Benjamin was 26 years old last year, four years, $24 million. So you're looking at a minimum of $6 million a year for Robert Woods, probably getting close to that 8 or $9 million a year range with anywhere from 15 to $20 million guaranteed, that seems like a lot of money, right? Especially for a guy who's never gone over 700 yards receiving in his career. But if you're projecting upside and you're looking at a guy who has the skill set to become a legitimate weapon in your passing offense, Robert Woods fits the bill. 24 years old, silky smooth route runner, very good hands, he's effective as a run blocker down the field, he's got enough speed to make a big play down the field, he would fit. He would be a really nice compliment to Kevin White and Cameron Meredith if Alshon Jeffery leaves town? And I ask you guys, and you can hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think. What is a better deal for this team moving forward? Alshon Jeffery at $16 million a year or Robert Woods at $8 million a year? I understand what you're all going to come back and say. Alshon Jeffery's had a 1,300-yard season. Alshon Jeffery is a guy that makes rare plays down the sideline. Alshon Jeffery is a homegrown talent. Give him the 15 or $16 million a year. I don't necessarily agree with that. Alshon Jeffrey deserves to be paid in that tier above Robert Woods. I mean that's that's stating the obvious guys, right? He deserves that that next tier money. But but Alshon Jeffrey is not AJ Green, Julio Jones tier money. He's just not. Uh you know, Lauren Cox came on the show the other day and said, you know, for the sake of a couple million here or there, why not pay him? You got the cap space, just get the deal done and keep him in town. And I agree with that to a degree, but at the end of the day, you can't sacrifice you know, long-term philosophical contract negotiation theory just for one guy. Robert Woods, in Chicago, as, a, as an every-down starter, assuming he can stay healthy, which is another big if, a lot like Alshon Jeffrey, Robert Woods has been banged up a little bit throughout his career. He played 13 games last season, 14 games in 2015. If he can stay healthy, I think there's no reason to expect anything less than 1,000 yards from him. Maybe more. He could be that breakout guy. Look what Marvin Jones did when he moved on to Detroit. His season cooled off a little bit in the second half last year. But my goodness, was there there a more electric receiver in the league for the first four or five games of the season? You know, he had some issues, you know, as the year went on. But I think Robert Woods, if I'm looking at a free agent crush, a guy that I think could, even if the Bears re-sign Alshon Jeffrey. Now, that's a lot of money to invest in wide receivers. And when you add in the fact that you invested a top 10 pick in Kevin White just two years ago, that's a lot of resources spent on wide receivers if you're going to make a play like that. But Robert Woods is, is, is that guy that I think if teams are smart with their assessment of him and know that he's just now entering that window, that 24 to 29-year-old range for a wide receiver that tends to be their most productive years of their career, Ryan Pace is going to look at this. I, I I, have a gut feeling, guys. I talked about that slightly overweight gut feeling that I have from time to time. I talked about that the other day with my, my power rankings for the quarterbacks, which maybe the gut feeling has lost a lot of credibility with the Jay Cutler assessment, right? Maybe that was more indigestion than a gut feeling. But for right now, Robert Woods, I have a feeling that when you talk about young ascending talent, Robert Woods is there. Robert Woods fits that profile. Robert Woods is a player, you know, sign me up. Bring him to town. Maybe he's just a plan B player, a guy that you bring to town if you don't get Alshon Jeffrey under the salary uh, under contract. But I don't know if we should look at this offseason and say if we don't re-sign Alshon Jeffrey, we're doomed. I don't think that's the case. Robert Woods is a really nice fallback option, fellows. He's a really really nice fallback option. Let me know what you think. Is Robert Woods a guy that you would like to see in Chicago if the Bears decide to pass on Alshon Jeffrey? And beyond that, if Alshon Jeffrey starts saying, pay me like Julio Jones, are you guys willing to say, see you later, Alshon. Let's bring in players like Robert Woods to kind of bring in that new wave of young talent onto this franchise. If you get a kid like Deshaun Watson in the first round or you trade for a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, you sign a guy like Robert Woods, you have Kevin White coming back, you have Cameron Meredith coming back, you know you got Jordan Howard in the backfield, you got one of the best interior offensive lines in football, adequate offensive tackle play. That offense maintains pieces. It's got parts to still be successful. So I don't think it's the end of the world if we lose a guy like Alshon Jeffrey, assuming a player like Robert Woods can be brought to town. Bears fans, this was another fun week here on Locked On Bears. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Spend it with family, friends. If you're going out, be safe. Check back with us on Monday when we have a lot more Bears talk. Who knows what's going to break over the weekend. Lockdown Bears is here for you every single day of the week. To continue bringing the best Bears talk to your car, to your headsets, to wherever it is that you're playing your podcast, make sure you subscribe on Locked On Bears. Subscribe to the Locked On Podcast Network. Find your show, subscribe, share, tweet, and do whatever you got to do. And Bears fans, remember, as you go into this weekend, no matter what you're dealing with this weekend, Bear Down.